I'm Stacy. I'm Jenny. And this is Learning for Life, a homeschool podcast. We are two homeschoolers who use different methods, curriculum, and strategies to make it all work. Our goal is to help parents teach kids how to develop a lifelong love of learning. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Learning for Life. This is a homeschool how-to episode all about how to use audiobooks in your homeschool. This is something that I do quite a lot, and so I have a lot of experience with this, and I've kind of developed a whole strategy and technique with it because you don't necessarily want to just let your kids listen to audiobooks all day, every day, and let them listen to whatever they want. Um, That's not really the strategy here. So I'm going to give you some insight as to how we use audiobooks in our homeschool. And before I forget, um, go ahead and rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because that really helps other people find the show. Now, if you didn't already know, Homeschool How-Tos are shorter episodes where Stacy and I individually go way in depth on a particular homeschool topic. So let's get started talking about audiobooks. I see audiobooks as a really great alternative to screen time. We don't watch a lot of TV in our house, so we use audiobooks a lot as an alternative to that. It's a nice way to fit in exposing your kids to more stories than if you were just reading aloud. I know I work from home full-time, and I also have Kids Learning for Life stuff to do, so I can't always just sit down and read all the books that I would love for my kids to be exposed to. So I kind of rely on audiobooks for that. Also, my kids are at this age where they're not quite reading really long stories yet. They can kind of read shorter ones, but those are not necessarily the most compelling all the time. So they are listening to audiobooks of stories that I want them to be exposed to, even though they can't physically read the words yet. Now, like I said, audiobooks should definitely be used strategically. So I'm going to go over some ways to do that right now. The first tip that I have for using audiobooks is control the quality of what your kids are listening to. Before you decide to start using audiobooks, kind of look inward and determine your standards as a family, what you want your kids exposed to. So, I mean, some books have graphic content. Some books are kind of violent. Some books have religious subject matter. Whatever your limitations are as far as what you don't want your kids being exposed to, you should definitely determine that ahead of time. And with audiobooks, they are not read-alouds that you are reading yourself. So you really have to censor the material they're listening to ahead of time because you can't just censor on the go, as I call it. Like sometimes if something kind of scary is happening in a book, I would kind of change the tone of my voice so things don't seem as serious. But... If you're listening to an audiobook, the narrator is not necessarily doing that. So think about that ahead of time when you're thinking about what stories you want your kids listening to. I suggest either listening to or reading these books ahead of time so that you know exactly what to expect. Now we should talk a bit about how much kids should listen to audiobooks. My kids personally at this point in our lives listen to audiobooks a lot. I use it as a reward for after homeschool lessons are done, which I'll talk about more in a bit. But I mean, they're constantly listening to audiobooks. It's kind of probably more than it should be because what I've noticed is that they get a little bit lazy when it comes to actually 
reading books, you know, from books with text in it, <laughs> because they're just so used to getting these stories so easily accessible. They're used to listening to them all day. So I want you to also go into listening to audiobooks with your kids with a strategy as to how much you want to listen. Maybe create some sort of routine in a day where it's like, okay, it's it's quiet time. So this is the time of day where we do listen to audiobooks. Or maybe after dinner, instead of watching a TV show together, this is the time that we listen to a chapter of whatever you're listening to or wanting to read together. Like I said, my routine is audiobooks are kind of my kids' reward for finishing up school and chores early in the morning. So once they've done that, the agreement is then they can take turns picking what they listen to audiobook wise. So that's our routine and it's been working really well. So like I said, it's just always good to go into this with some sort of routine or just mindfulness because you definitely don't want your kids to listen to audiobooks all day long. This was kind of something Charlotte Mason addressed. Um, so it's if you're familiar with the Charlotte Mason method, you know, obviously stories are really big in the Charlotte Mason method, but you also want to be exposing your kids to the written word. You don't want them just listening to the books. So all that being said, I mean, do whatever works best for you. I, like I said, I already probably let my kids listen a little bit too much for my liking. But at this point in our lives, it's kind of just the way that we all keep ourselves occupied. So it works for us at this point in our lives. Now, if you're interested in incorporating audiobooks into your homeschool, you may be wondering, how do I do this? Where do I listen to these audiobooks? Well, I have a lot of solutions for you because I've really spent the last several years accessing audiobooks for my kids, listening to them, all this stuff. So there are so many options for you out there, no matter what your situation is. So there are really great audiobook apps. So the ones that come to mind are LibriVox, Libby, Hoopla, Audible, and even Spotify. Each of these has their own sets of limitations, and I'll go through some of these briefly. But if you're interested in any of these, I would just suggest checking out the apps and kind of seeing for yourself. For LibriVox, it's completely free. They do have an ad-free version that you can um, you can pay $2.50 for the year for, so I suggest doing that on the app. And um, this is a place where volunteers go to record books that are in the free domain. So a lot of the Charlotte Mason books are in LibriVox. So that's why I use it so much, and this is probably my favorite way at this point to listen to audiobooks. Apps like Libby, Hoopla, and Overdrive are actually through your local public library system. These are also free, but there are typically wait times for these books. So you can't just, you know, borrow the Chronicles of Narnia or Harry Potter at your whim. <laughs> you have to wait usually, which can get a little bit frustrating. Then there are things like Audible, where it does have a monthly fee. And then if you go over your monthly limit of titles, then you have to pay for each additional title. It's a really great resource because they have basically everything on there. So if you're just looking for for just a large selection, that's your best bet. And I do want to mention we do have an offer for a free month of Audible. So if you're interested in trying out Audible for free for a month, then go ahead and uh, click the link in the show notes because that will grant you one free month of Audible, which is a great deal. And I also mentioned Spotify. Um, I know that there are like audiobooks in podcast form on there now, which is actually really cool. And also what my kids like listening to, which is kind of twaddly, 
um, is they listen to the Disney storytellers' stories. So they're basically just story versions of Disney movies that were created by Disney. So some of them are like really short. Some of them are really long, like the almost the full length of the movies. So my kids like that every now and then, and sometimes I'll let them listen to it. But really, I mean, there are so many ways to listen to audiobooks. You don't have to be pigeonholed into just one of these apps. Also, I know I may have seemed like I covered all my bases, but of course there are also always CDs and tapes. My local library still has a pretty big selection of like cassette tapes that are audiobooks. So if all you have is a tape player and no internet, there you go. Or if you have a CD player and no internet, you can just borrow CDs from the library or you can buy these. I mean, a lot of the times gifts that I give for my kids are audiobooks on CD because that's what they listen to kind of at night when, you know, the devices are put away that they're usually stream on. So um, that's always an option, especially if you just don't have the internet, like Wi-Fi data to share amongst your kids. Just give them CDs. And I also feel like kids just love using a CD player or a tape player. So that's always kind of fun to teach them. Okay, quickly before I go, I want to give you a few examples of some really good audiobooks that my kids and I have listened to together. The first one is Paddington. I recently, I mean, I remember reading these books when I was a kid, but I just don't remember loving them. So when my kids started listening to them a couple years ago, I was like, oh, okay, we'll give this a try. And they are really, really excellent. There are so many of them to choose from. And all of the readers that I've ever heard are really great. Uh, I don't know of any that I would not recommend. So Paddington series, definitely it's great for young kids, older kids. It's great. I also would really love to recommend Treasure Island. You might know the story already about us, but this was actually the first audiobook I listened to with my kids. And they were like three and four. So it was probably a little too early to introduce such a violent book to them and it's not just violent it's kind of scary but it's really captivating to kids it's a it's a really amazing adventure story the protagonist is a really amazing character he's a young boy so kids just love the story so I recommend checking that one out as well the version we enjoy most is the one narrated by Alfred Molina my girls also love the Pippi Longstocking series. Man, if you wanted to read a book that was not necessarily written about homeschooling, but really like validates your homeschooling efforts, read Pippi Longstocking. I'm telling you, it's, it's actually really good. And then we also use audiobooks for some of our history curriculum. So actually, I say some of our history curriculum. We use it for all of our history curriculum. We use the audio CDs that come with the Story of the World curriculum. So that's been going great because it kind of frees up my hands for that short amount of time that we're listening to be doing something else. I mean, I'm around because I have to be knowing what's going on, but uh, I don't have to sit there reading it and we all listen to it together. And then we also listen together to our island story, which is on LibriVox for free. So yeah, there are just so many ways to use audiobooks in your homeschool, whether you're using them for just like recreational story listening, or if you're actually using them because it's part of one of your curriculums. I just want to just make sure that I stress the point that audiobooks are a great tool, but you definitely want to go into them mindfully and with some sort of strategy. So I hope that some of this advice helped you um, with audiobooks because I'm just so passionate about how useful they are. Um, but yeah, go ahead and if you ever have any questions, you can email us at kidslearningforlife at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, both on Facebook and Instagram at kidslearningforlife. And of course, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel 
which is Kids Learning for Life. We have a lot of helpful videos on there for new and old homeschoolers. And with that, I think it's time to say, see you next time.